Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. programs and we're back for another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond so how has your week been well i feel like i haven't slept in the last few days (laughs) uh work still been super busy um worked a wedding saturday and sunday Uh, the wedding we worked in uh, yesterday was actually in Fairhope, which is about a little over an hour mm. um, away from our house. And we didn't get home until almost midnight. Oof. And then I had to still go into work at 8 o'clock this morning. <laughs> so I feel like I haven't fully woken up yet. Uh, sounds... And it's 6 o'clock in the after, er, 6 o'clock in the evening. But you know what? I'm here. We're going to do the show, and yes. we're going to have a good time. I, I mean, hey... <laughs> If you wanted to take a nap tonight, I would have understood. That's oh man. <laughs> oh no, no, it's all good. I, I these are this is my favorite time of year to do the podcast. Oh, yeah. Like the horror theme games, we've got our commentary track coming up. So oh, can't it's wait. the the holidays are you know are among my favorite times to do um, Nerd Cave Retro, especially this time of the year, the the spooky season. I love play. I actually, I um, I know what my next review is going to be. I mean, it, it's not next week, but of course, but the week after. And um, I started playing uh, Haunted House, the uh, the Atari game remake that they just put out uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm very much enjoying that game. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Unfortunately, I haven't had much of a chance to play anything this week. I know. You know, Super Mario Wonder mm-hmm. is out, and it's gotten incredible reviews. Um, Sonic Superstars is out. I haven't had a chance to pick that up yet. But I did get something in the mail today. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you unveiled the surprise last week that uh, Justin Nispel sent us uh, some working Famicoms. Mm-hmm. Well, I got mine uh, in the mail today and tried it out a little bit before we started the show. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like I remember seeing pictures of the Famicom <laughs> when I was younger and thinking, I probably won't ever get to play one of those. Did, and now I have. Yeah, I didn't think I would ever actually get to play one in real life. So it's really cool to get to get to have one. So thank you to Justin Nispel for that. It's really awesome that he sent those to us. And I've actually, if I can unhook it real quick, I've actually got it set up right over here. Oh, nice. Right by, <laughs> right by my desk. So I, I had 
the the monitor I'm using, I normally use it for gaming, mm-hmm. but my primary monitor I've been using for podcasting for some reason won't turn on. So um had to make a quick switch. Yeah. But then oh and um the headphones that are, those that are watching the YouTube version might notice I'm wearing different headphones. The ones that I've used since I started podcasting <laughs> 10 years ago finally bit the dust on uh on Sunday morning. So I just you know plugged them in to to edit the Derek Diamond experience and nothing was coming out. So I'm uh. like it it is done. That's an amazing run for some headphones, man. Dude, I've gone through like six pair since we started this show. They weren't cheap cuz they were the Assure the Sure brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I wanted to get some longevity out of them and yeah, 10 years is mm-hmm. a heck of a run for a pair of headphones. Yeah, I always used to like ear candy headphones and they sound incredible, but man, Ear candy headphones are the most brittle pieces of crap you can possibly put on your head. That's why I've never really bought any. I've I've heard stories. God, they, they sound I'd rather so get something good, reliable. They sound so good though, but man, they are just brittle. They will fall apart on you within a few weeks. Well, as you know, I'm I'm a bit of a diva when it comes to sound equipment, so. <laughs> That's uh, that's one of the reasons why I got that brand. But um, no, Samantha actually got me these uh, wireless uh, JBL headphones. Awesome. They were on sale for like twenty bucks at Walmart. So yeah, managed to connect them to to my computer through Bluetooth, and now I don't have to worry about the <laughs> the wire. Oh, that's what I need. What Bluetooth headphones. Oh, this wire drives me crazy sometimes. Yeah, I. Normally, I like hardline stuff, but I'm not going to lie. I love yeah. wireless headphones. <laughs> They're so, so good. And uh, we got Joey Image and Justin Esplin in the chat room Joey. right now. And uh, Joey, yes, that is a remake of the original Haunted House from Atari 2600. Um, it was uh, just pu- uh, published by, by Atari like maybe uh, two weeks ago, if that. And uh, I love it. It's really cool. If you like um, roguelite, type of games uh almost like almost like a dungeon crawler um it's definitely that type of type of gameplay okay i i did see did you have a show this past weekend uh yeah we did and and joey yes i did i did mean skull candy not ear candy <laughs> for the headphones but skull candy headphones yes those are the ones that are super brittle um, but yeah, we had a, a show with Falls from Grace this weekend. We did a Halloween show, which was fantastic. It was an all-day affair. So yesterday was a rest and recovery day, and I uh, did a lot of napping yesterday. Because um, I'm an old man now, and playing music uh, at that level. <laughs> uh, tw- we went through the whole set earlier in the day, and then we went to the club and played the whole set there, too. So. Two whole sets in a day, and I was uh, I was pretty beat yesterday. You made it farther than I would have. That's yeah, for sure. We all dressed like wrestlers, and uh, I was Hulk Hogan, of course. Uh, yeah, I saw the picture <laughs> of you with the with the feather boas. Yeah, that I had was the boas cool. T-shirt. I still had my uh, Hulk Hulkamania head wrap from when I lost the bet with you and Wally uh, last year <laughs> or year before. Yeah. Still had that, so all I had to do was get the uh, the wig and the uh, the the mustache, 
and and everybody loved it. But I left a lot of feathers everywhere at the, at the bar. So did Falls from Grace of Mania run wild on everybody? Oh yes, it did. Because <laughs> uh, our singer he dressed up like the Macho Man, so all night oh, we were sick. We, we would cross, we'd find each other at the bar, and we'd stop and just do the the, whole, the Mega Powers handshake. <laughs> Did every now and then he just go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's man, awesome. it was such a fun night, and uh, we're we're probably gonna. It's probably gonna be a yearly thing now because a, a Halloween show just it's just it's just fun for everybody. It's the perfect opportunity to do a show like that. So, no that that's really cool. But yeah, we gave away a guitar and we did a costume contest, so it was a great night. And uh, but yeah, I need I. I, I Used to, you know, I, I was on tour before as a younger man, and it didn't even affect me. And now I'm like, I play a show, and I, I'm like, I need a week to recover, man. <laughs> like, everything hurts. You know, I can't drink like I used to. I had, like, two beers, and I was like, I'm done. I can't drink no more. And that's pretty much how I am. You know, because I, I used to have be deceptively tolerant when it came to alcohol, but now I have like one drink and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go to sleep. Yep. That's uh that's aging for you. <laughs> Can't do all the fun stuff anymore. So get it out, yep. get it all done while you're young and in your twenties. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, we've got a few news stories to get to. Would you like to dive into it? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> stories were submitted to us by RMS Jackson and if you have a story you'd like to uh, like us to cover send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com this first one comes from uh, gamerant.com newly published Nintendo patent appears to show the Switch 2 um, although there's been no official announcement rumors of a new Nintendo console have been doing the rounds for quite some time now Industry insiders are adamant that Nintendo has been quietly working away at a successor to its hugely successful hybrid for several years. I mean, of course they have. You don't even need to be Nostradamus to know that. Uh, As for what it might look like, there are plenty of theories floating around. Some claim that the Switch 2 will focus on power rather than portability in order to compete with the likes of PlayStation and Xbox, while others are reporting that will be a handheld home console hybrid like its predecessor. A newly published Nintendo patent, uh, if, if this patent is anything to go by, it seems the latter may well be the case. Filed in late 2022 and published in October of this year, the patent in question is for a portable gaming device and includes four drawings of what the console might look like and highlights some pretty big differences from the original Switch. For starters, uh, the new handheld no longer uses Joy-Cons with players instead having to make do with a joystick to the left of the screen and four face buttons on the right, as well as two shoulder buttons on the top. Where things start to get interesting is at the bottom of the device, which is where players will now find the home button. According to the patent description, the rationale for moving it here is that players will rarely need to use it during gameplay sessions, thus allowing Nintendo to free up space at the front of the device. The bottom surface is also where players will find the console's USB port, speakers, and a button for capturing screenshots and gameplay recordings. Um, I'm looking at these pictures, and I don't... I think this is a joke, honestly. I don't think this is real. Yeah, when I looked at the pictures, I at first I was like, I'm not 
really impressed by it. But I'm with you. I I question the validity of yeah. this. I mean, we we know the Switch Two is coming. Yeah, it's if it's probably going to be next year. I know we've been talking about that, you know, off and on on the show. I, I do buy that it is still going to be a hybrid, like the Switch. I don't think Nintendo is going to go back to just a traditional console like yeah. your Xbox or your PlayStation. And if you think they're they, going back they, to one analog stick, like, what have you been smoking? <laughs> they're not going to do I'm, that. I mean, the way I look at it is that regardless of what they do, they're probably going to put out a pro controller like they mm. have with the Switch, which is primarily what I play with anyway. So I'm just going to get that. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not as worried as others might be. But I'm I'm not going to believe anything until Nintendo actually comes out themselves and says, this is the Switch 2, or whatever it's going to be called, and this is what it looks like. I think it'll just be, I think it's going to be the same form factor like the Switch was, and I think it's going to, it's going to just be more powerful than the original Switch. I mean, you're going to be able to play current-gen stuff on it. Um, now, whether or not they'll be able to keep it cool enough to do that, and that's really where the big rub is trying to, you know, it, it, I'm, you know, they did it with, um, well, what's that Steam Deck? You know, it's able to play modern gen stuff, so if Steam Deck can do it, Nintendo can do it, and I think they would be opening themselves up to a whole new world of revenue, especially if they team up with Microsoft to have Game Pass be able to play be able to be on it which i think might be coming people can say i'm crazy but i think that might actually be coming where there will be a game pass option on the next switch console pun intended it'd be a game changer if that were the case yep our next story comes to us from our favorite site nintendolife.com nintendo accounts to help ease a next-gen transition according to Doug Bowser, but he won't comment on Switch successor rumors. Nintendo of America President Doug Doug Bowser has reiterated in the same interview with Inverse how Nintendo accounts would carry over to a new generation of hardware. While he can't comment and won't comment on rumors about a Switch successor, he did essentially reconfirm Nintendo accounts will be utilized going forward to ease the transition process. He further mentioned how the goal is to minimize the dip you typically see in the last year of one cycle and the beginning of another. He said, uh, and I quote, well, first, I can't comment or I won't comment, I should say, on the rumors that are out there. But one thing we've done with the Switch to help with that communication and transition is the formation of the Nintendo account. In the past, every device we transitioned to had a whole new account system. Creating the Nintendo account will allow us to communicate with our players if and when we make a transition to a new platform to help ease that process or transition. That was a very frustrating thing with Nintendo, with having to make a new account for each console. Yeah. So I think this is overdue, but I'm glad they're at least doing it. Yeah. That seriously needed to be... uh... looked at because if uh, the thing the bad thing about switch is if you got a new switch all you you wouldn't be able to transfer all your stuff over to the other switch which really sucks and is really stupid and it's like that's a no-brainer so nintendo really needed to address that 
And another thing they really need to address is they just need to make online play better for the next console. They need to make it easier to find friends, add people, stuff like that, because they've always made it notoriously difficult to do that. Like making online stuff just way more difficult than it needs to be. Xbox and and PlayStation and Steam have been making it so easy for 15, 20 years now. Why is Nintendo still, oh, let me go enter in a 45 you know, number key to, to put a, uh, add a friend to my Switch. Like, why are you making it so difficult, Nintendo? If you want to be a friend on the Switch, here's a uh, geometry equation yeah. <laughs> no for you to kidding. figure out. Your 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 reward is we get to be friends on the Switch. No, like I, if you miss it for one generation, I can excuse it because it's never really been something that Nintendo is known for. But they have no excuse now. They have to improve that. Yeah. There's other things they got to improve too, but that's near the top of the list. Oh, I just noticed something really cool. And uh, I'm using uh, Chrome right now. And whenever you put... This has nothing to do with retro games or anything right now. This is just... If you... On my Mac, if I go up to the top and um, look at the... And mouse over the tab it tells you how much memory the page is using on your computer. Really? Yeah. Like this at, this article you're talking about right now is taking up 107 megabytes of usage. I don't know why I, I need like to that's know too that. Much. Yeah, it's too much, but I don't know why I need to know that, but I don't know. I found that kind of cool. Like I've never noticed that before. You're giving me PTSD for whenever I have to open Task Manager and I see that like Adobe Premiere's taking up like three gigs of space. Yeah. Or Photoshop's like one and a half. And then I just, uh, I don't even want to say what After Effects does. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I just, I'm just like, click. Or when you open away. up Photoshop and it's like, oh, I don't even want to know how much that's using up. Yeah. Uh, this next, this last story is from GameInformer.com. Atari reveals Berserk Recharge, the first Berserk game since the 1980s. Earlier this year, Atari announced that it acquired Berserk, its sequel, Frenzy, and ten more classic arcade properties. Now, as part of a part of Atari's recharged lineup, it has revealed Berserk Recharged and its upcoming uh, and its coming to consoles and PC later this year. And of course, the original Berserk is an arcade game released in 1980, uh, and it players control a top-down avatar while shooting through hordes of armed robots in an electrified maze. The big bad was Evil Otto, who bounced around the maze as a giant smiley face. Evil Otto always freaked me out when I was a kid. Was he? Uh, was his last name Octavius? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also revealed Berserk Enhanced Edition, a 2600 cartridge version of the classic Berserk game. It has been updated with diagonal firing, robot voice sampling, and more, and it launches on no November 17th alongside the new Atari 2600 Plus, which is a recreation of the uh, original Atari 2600. It also hits PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC later this year. And I think Berserk deserved to have a remake because Berserk is still one of the best Atari 2600 games you can play. There's about 
five, maybe six good Atari 2600 games, and that's one of them. No, and I've I've actually never played Berserk, so I'll be excited to finally get the opportunity to do that. I just laugh because whenever I saw this in the Google Doc, you know what my mind instantly went to? What? The Berserker song for oh. <laughs> My love for you is like a truck. Like, Berserker. Berserker. <laughs> I'm not going to sing the rest of this song because it's dirty. Berserker. I was about to say every other lyric in that song is totally inappropriate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I want to go watch that movie now. Um, and before we go into uh, this game, this month in video game history, we have a new sponsor. Here on the show, Nerd Cave Retro is proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. If you like action-adventure platformers, and we know you do, Globe Glider is for you. Making a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy. Just simply hit the donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner to unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro cape. So go download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. I want a Nerd Cave Retro cape. Me too. Let's make some real-life Nerd Cave Retro capes, and we'll wear them on the show. <laughs> wear them to Pensacon. I'm down for it. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get one for Wally, too. Yeah, we got to get one for Wally and for, uh, for Joey. We'll get Joey one, too. Yeah. And we'll all we'll all be uh, nerd cave retro superheroes after that. Oh, I will be so obnoxious <laughs> if that happens. Like I will be, I will become like the hated host oh. on this show because I will be so obnoxious. <laughs> oh, and now it's time for this month in video game history. <laughs> On October 3rd of 1989, Broderbund releases Prince of Persia for the declining Apple II. Having been in development since 1985, ports to other systems turned the game into a hit. Did you ever play the original Prince of Persia? I did not, and it surprises me every time we talk about this that this game is that old. I know. I thought it was out, like, in the 90s. Because, you know, you, I, I instantly think of the, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and even though I know it's based off a game, I never really got into the Prince of Persia series. Well, probably because, I mean, some of the ports of it to, I think there was a Super Nintendo port of the game. I remember there was uh, the the PC games of these in the 90s. And because I would have not known this came out in the 80s. I thought this was a 90s game. But I remember this game. I remember seeing it, but never. I've never really played it. I think I might have rented the Super Nintendo one at, at some point. But Prince of Persia was something I just never really got into. Like, I didn't even see the movie when it came out a few years ago. Because I just don't really know much about the game. Yeah. It'd be one that I'd like to try it out at some point. But it's not one that I'm like breaking my neck to do it. I saw Joey's comment. <laughs> my I, love hey, for NCR is NCR ticking, is ticking clock. clock <laughs> uh, I will say to, to his other comment, I wouldn't hate a Nerd Cave Retro cake either. Yes. Who doesn't like some, cake? For, we're coming up pretty soon here on the 10-year anniversary in what, like a couple of years? We should just make a big old Nerd Cave Retro cake and we'll have a big party. For everybody that's local. 
Yeah, I think we should. Sounds fun. Speaking of the 90s, jumping ahead to October 1st, 1995, Square releases Secret of Evermore for the Super Nintendo in North America. Secret of Evermore was fun. You know, this was right in that age of RPGs coming out like by the dozen for the yeah. Super Nintendo. Super and Nintendo was, was lousy with them. Yeah, and it was this game is really fun, but I think just the timing and it got overshadowed by like the Final Fantasy games with Secret of Mana and other RPGs that came out around that time. It just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And yeah. it, it's a fun game, but there's it's got an interesting story, but other than that, it doesn't really have anything that like makes it stand out. Yeah, and plus I do this, like the game though. This is the the backslide of the uh the Super Nintendo years. You know, we're just about to get the N N sixty four. I think the PlayStation was out by this time, so Super Nintendo was kind of at passe by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, October eighth of two thousand one, Konami releases Castlevania Chronicles for the PlayStation in North America. I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't either. But yeah. It, yeah, it says here it's a compilation. Uh, consists of two game modes, original mode, which is a port of the 93 uh, platform video game for the Sharp X68000 home computer. What? <laughs> and an arranged mode, a modernized remake featuring a new introductory cinematic, new sprites, and rebalanced gameplay, among other adjustments. You know what? I might have to find a ROM of this somewhere and give it a try. I was about to say, this has you written all over it. Yep. It's calling my name. Jason. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't me. Um, and last but not least, I thought this was interesting to to throw in. October 20th, 2003, families of Aaron Hamel and Kimberly ba uh, Bade, two young adults shot by teens William and Josh Buckner, who in statements to investigators claimed their actions were inspired by Grand Theft Auto 3, filed a $246 million lawsuit against developer Rockstar Games, publisher Take-Two Interactive Software, retailer Walmart, and console maker Sony Computer Entertainment America. Wow, I don't remember this. Really? Because I, I actually did a um, speech about this in my public speaking class huh. when I was in college. As a, a funny backstory to that, uh, so like for our final project, we had to do a like persuasive speech. Like, we've done ones where, you know, we had to just state facts, mm. but this was more like an opinion thing and trying to persuade people to see our point of view. Yeah. And I knew about this story, so that's what I picked for my topic. And I come in the, the classroom, you know, and I've got, like, um, like, these poster boards with, like, pictures and, like, stats and whatnot. And my teacher brought her, um, her son in, because I guess he was out of school or whatever, and she couldn't figure out how to hook up his GameCube. So she asks, does anyone here know how to hook up a GameCube? And everyone just slowly <laughs> turns and looks over at me. So I set up the GameCube, and then you know she's just trying to make conversations. Like, so what is your um, speech going to be about? And I was like, oh, uh, video games causing violence in children. And she's like, oh, my God, did I just offend you in like the worst way possible? I'm like, no, I don't think they do. I wouldn't have offered to hook up the GameCube if I thought that. Yeah, that, did they win the lawsuit? That 
That I'm not sure. Um, That's a I'll, lot I'll look it up after the show. But I, I do remember this, this story because it, it was, I mean, I feel like it was pretty big at the time, you know, with all the news outlets sparking the debate, hmm. do video games cause violence? And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah but they do that. parents. Like, they do that like every 10 years, so I, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. Yeah. I mean, my thing is if, I, I might ruffle some feathers, but if if you're a parent, you should focus on yeah. your child's behavior yeah, and not about blame it on video games. Parenting your kids. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Talk to your kids. Get to know them. You know. Yeah. That spend time with them. Spend time. Make them feel important. Yeah. I don't have kids, but if I did, I'd be hanging out with them, playing video games yeah. with them, telling them about life. Yeah, I do that with with my nephew. Yeah. And it's it's fun. But that brings us to the end of this month of video game history. And before we go into the review tonight, Derek, you want to do our Patreon shoutouts? Absolutely. Let's shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out James, a.k.a. Jimbo Jr. on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond, Mama Diamond herself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fairly beat me to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thank you to everyone uh, for supporting the show, keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our bonus episodes, which for the most part will include a fun commentary track. And for Halloween, the two of us, plus Wally and Joey, are going to be watching and talking about the original Scream movie. And we're recording it this weekend, so you'll be getting it uh, probably Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I think that's around the time soon that as we're, we're, done, we're recording I'll, it. As soon as we're done, I'll, I'll edit it up and uh, you know chop the front back off and then just throw it up on P Patreon and everybody can uh, go watch Scream and listen to us talk about it. I can't wait. This is uh, like the most anticipated I've been for a commentary track in a while. It'd be fun. It's I can't wait. Fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you want to sign up, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And tonight, I will be talking about...
A Nightmare on Elm Street is a video game released on the NES in 1990 based on Wes Craven's slasher film of the same name. The game was developed by dun -dun -dun, Rare and published by LJN. <laughs> I need to. This is when like the the elitist try to raise up the the, the bad company. I need to I need to get the uh, the the that sound from um, Price is Right though. <laughs> Whenever we have to do an LJN game, uh, it should not get, not be confused with the unre with an unrelated game with the same title for the Commodore 64 and IBM PC released in 1989. And the player takes on the role of an ordinary teenager. Uh, additional teenagers can be controlled by up to three other players with the use of the NES 4 score. The objective is to scour the vicinity of Elm Street, collect the bones of the supernatural serial killer Freddy Krueger, and dispose of them in the local high school's furnace. Now, before I go into my notes of the game... <laughs> I'm going to shock everybody by what I'm about to say about this LJN game. I enjoyed this game. I like it. I know that we have a lot, we, we have a very tumultuous uh, relationship with LJN games. Some are pretty good. Some are downright awful. This is one of the ones that's actually pretty good. I'm just going to say it. Well, I think it also tells you that you know, you shouldn't not play a game just because it has what you call the LJN warning label. Yeah. You know, are you most likely going to get a bad game? <laughs> you have to guess. I would say yes, but you never know unless you try it. I it's would like say the, it's like the kid said in Stranger Things, try before you deny. Yeah, I would say there's a 70% chance you're going to get a crap game. 30% chance you're going to get something that's pretty good. Like this. And I mean, of course, this was made by Rare. And I will admit, um, when I first put the game on, like uh, to, to go back a little bit, I've never played this game. I've seen videos of it over the years. I saw the, uh, the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd episode about this game, but I, that was, you know, a decade or so, <coughs> so ago. So I don't really remember much about it. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still recovering from uh the from the, the covid <sighs> sorry about that but i never played this game i do remember the avgn video but i don't remember much about the gameplay so i didn't really know what to expect with this game and um i i do have some some things about it that i don't understand why they did what they did like when you're playing the the character you're playing is basically a nameless teenager, and at first I'm just like, why don't you get to play as Freddy Krueger and like hunt down, you know, teenagers? But I'm like, ah, eh, they're not gonna let you do that in an NES game, you know, hunt down and murder teenagers. So why you you get to play a nameless teenager scouring the streets of uh, Elm Street and going into houses, which is randomized. You know, the first three or four houses you get to go in are randomized, which ones you get to go in. And when I first first put the game on, I was not impressed. I, I didn't know what to do, and I was just kind of wandering around for a while, just randomly doing stuff like punching snakes in the face. And I'm like, what is this, a uh, hard target? Am I playing 
I mean, a guy kind of has a mullet. Is this John Claude Van Damme punching snakes in the face? <laughs> now I'm just picturing John Claude Van Damme punching a snake yeah. in the face. So I was just going around Elm Street punching snakes in the face. You know, there's bats flying around. And then I finally figured out, oh, I can go in the, some houses and stuff. And wasn't really having a good time. Ran across a couple of mini bosses, couldn't get past. I'm like, all right, well, let me just look through the, the FAQ and walk through on, uh, online. So I read up on the game on how it's supposed to be played. Now, there's the thing. Now, there's a mechanic in the game where you're going through and you have a, um, I guess it's like a sleep meter where you have to collect like coffee and stuff and you have to keep moving or the meter goes down. And once the meter runs out, that's when you fall asleep and you enter the dream world where a random Freddy could show up at any moment and you have to fight him and all the enemies are twice as hard. But I found out with the walkthrough or the, the FAQ, there are different power-ups that you can get in the game, uh, specifically Dream Warrior power-ups. And one of them, um, I may have to look up the, uh, let me look up that FAQ real quick. And uh, I so do I can... like that dynamic, though, with having to go into the Dream World. Like I, I know really nothing about this game. But I like that addition because yeah. it almost kind of makes you feel like you're in the movie. At least that's what I think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And, and in order to uh, wake up from the dream world, there are stereos that are blasting rock music that you have to hit. And they turn like you jump on it and it turns on the rock music. Then you wake up and you go, you know, you go back into the the um, regular the world. world. And all right, come on. Where's that FAQ I was using? Now, when you come back Came from back, the sure dream enough. world, is your um, sleep meter, like, fully rejuvenated? Uh, yeah. And you can okay. go and um, uh, you can uh, fill it up with coffee. Like, you can grab coffee and stuff like that as you're going through the game. And as you go through, you collect these, uh, these power-ups. And, and I just want to go through here. Here it is right here. You get to be, uh, one of them is a shadow warrior which is basically um, like a ninja, and you get to do a flying sidekick, and you have uh, throwing stars, which once you get these, you get to have projectile weapons, which even though the enemies are twice as hard in the dream world, it that fact is negated by the fact that you now get to have projectile weapons, which makes it so much easier. Uh, and then, you, of course, you get to have an acrobat, which you get to throw a javelin <laughs> and do a uh, flying somersault as uh, as an acrobat, and you get to be a necromancer, uh, and you get to do, use fire magic and uh, hover, which makes... And that's another thing I didn't like about this game, but I got used to it after a while, is it's one of those games where I, I described it in, um, a couple weeks ago when I was talking about uh, uh, Adventure Island. This is another one of those butthole clincher <laughs> platformers where your your character kind of is a, a little bit slippery when you land on, uh, when you're trying to do platforming. And of course, there's moving platforms. You have to time 
And so you can kind of overshoot it a little bit because you jump on it and then you still kind of move a little bit more. So you got to like overcorrect and then you end up falling off of the platform anyway. It's a lot of stuff like that, which kind of sucks. But you do get used to it. And it's not the first game to do that. There's a lot of games that do that. It's just some are a little more egregious than others. Like this one, there there are some cheat, de cheat deaths in this game because you're trying to do platforming. Like you go into the house. You go into these people's houses on Elm Street. And these people have like giant spiders in their house. And it looks like the inside of a castle with like moving platforms and stuff. Like who lives here? Like this is not a house. Who lives here? This is an OSHA violation is what this is. <laughs> so uh, that... I, It's interesting you bring that up because I feel like this has become a recurring thing the last few episodes we've done where the, the playable character either moves like you're in sludge or quicksand yeah, or they're on ice. There's like yeah. no in-between. That's the thing. You kind of feel like you're on ice a little bit when you're trying to do some of the platforming. And it's get, it's kind of frustrating, and I get why they did it, to make the game a little longer and tougher, because this isn't very long of a game. I mean, once you understand the mechanics of the game, you understand the mechanics of the boss fights, and you know how to cheese the bosses <laughs> at that point, you can finish this game in probably 30, 45 minutes. Like, it's not that long of a game. And let's see, what did I put on here? Um, as far as the character goes, uh, yeah, I put different versions of Freddy in his glove or the mini bosses, but Freddy also shows up randomly when you're in the dream world, uh, which is not that hard because, like I said, if you got your projectile weapons, he's relatively easy. Um, and I like to pretend... I No, I, I had no idea why it wasn't Nancy as the protagonist in this I game. I was wondering that myself. Because it's just called a Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not called like a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 or Nightmare on Elm Street 4, even though this is made in 1990, and it's it's got the Dream Warrior mechanics in it. So, I, you know, maybe it was a rights issue or whatever. I don't know. But it, it, it could have been Nancy. But I like to pretend that I'm playing the guy from the first movie that uh, gets framed for the murders that Freddy's doing, and, he, and he's the only guy in town with the Brooklyn accent, and he's he's the guy that says, "Hey, up yours with a twirling lawnmower." That guy. I like to pretend I'm playing him in the game. I like that. Now I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> they should have done a spinoff with him to figure out like what what happened. You know, well, maybe did, like a prequel. He did die, didn't he? We have to go back I, and look at that. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did too. Do a prequel. Yeah, figure out where this dude came from. Why? Why he yeah. talks like you What's, know, like he's from New and, York. And what encounter did he have with a lawnmower that has the ability to twirl? <laughs> like, where did he get those insults from? Like, why was that considered an insult? I don't. I don't know. That's why the movie's got to happen, so we can find out. Um, and one of the game mechanics that you have to do, you have to go through and collect Freddy's bones, uh, of course, to burn, which I think is a great idea for a game mechanic. You, can, uh, there, you can't get through the levels unless you collect all the bones. And then you get to the end of the levels, you know, it's different. Uh, you get to the end of the level and you collect all the bones to fight Freddy as a mini-boss. 
But then you're collecting all these bones so that you can burn them in the incinerator at the high school, which I think that's a pretty cool mechanic in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Rampage is trolling in the oh. in the chat. <laughs> of course. He says, he is. sorry I'm late, I fell asleep trying to find something good to play on Switch. Uh-huh. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> but yeah, you uh, go but, through uh, 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 oh, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh no, I I was just gonna say, you know, it, it I was I wasn't really expecting anything when I knew you were gonna talk about this game. And I like almost didn't look anything up by design because I wanted to just get your thoughts on it. So I am actually surprised that overall you've you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, once you understand the actual mechanics of the game and you play it the way they want you to play it, and, and it's actually pretty enjoyable. Like, I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to be awful. But it's a pretty enjoyable side-scroller. It's, it's got... I, the music is hit or miss. Like sometimes the music's really good, and sometimes the music does not fit this game at all. So I don't know what they were doing with that. Like I don't know if they took music from another game and just put it in here because they didn't have enough. But I mean, there's a good variety of music in here. You get Freddy's theme and all that kind of stuff um, as eight bit chip tunes, which is pretty cool. Um, but going through the game, like it's a pretty competent side scroller. For the NES, once you figure out how the game is to be played. Um, And one of the things I wrote, because why is the real world in this game just as weird as the dream world? Like, if you're going through, I, I understand in the dream world, you know, you got spiders that have Freddy's face that you fight. You've got uh, flying skulls. And things like that. You got mummies coming at it. Like all kind of spooky, scary stuff in the dream world. You're in the real world. You're punching snakes in the face. You got bats flying around. Like why? Why is the real world just as weird as the dream world? See, they should have done an Inception twist. And say that the real world is a dream world. (laughs) And then the dream world is a dream world within the dream world. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it would have made sense. I mean, but then I have to think, you know, when I'm playing games like this and I'm like, why is it, why am I punching snakes in the face? Like what what is happening here? And then I'm then I have to think to myself, you know, this is no different and no weirder than stomping on turtles and eating mushrooms to make yourself bigger to to get through the like that's no different than that. So why am I putting these type of games to a different standard. But as far as a, as a licensed game of a licensed property, this is one of the good ones. That's really cool. I, I'm actually really happy to hear that. Because I, I really like, especially the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and adaptations are so hit or miss when it comes to games. So I'm glad that something that I enjoy got a good adaptation. Yeah. And there is a thing here um, about the development of the game is the the game that we got is completely different than the original game concept they wanted to do. Originally, what they wanted to do, what I was saying you should be, you should get to be Freddy Krueger and kill teenagers who are, you know, 
trying to 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 kill you, you know, like that would make sense. You're playing Nightmare on Elm Street. I want to be Freddy Krueger. Um, but the reason they did not do that uh, is because that version of the game was canceled to prevent controversy. Because years earlier, a video game adaptation of the movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre had been released for the Atari 2600, where the player controls the, uh, the murderer with the objective to chase and kill victims. The game was a financial failure because many sellers refused to sell it, fearing reprisals. Which is, I, I guess, it makes sense for 1990. You know, video games are already under a lot of scrutiny from parents. So if you put out a game where you get to play uh, as a mass murderer, Freddy Krueger, eh, that might have caused some controversy back then. I feel like if there were a Nightmare on Elm Street game made today, they might do that. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, look at what they do with like the, the, the Friday the 13th game that came out a couple of years ago. You get to play as one person plays as Jason and everybody else gets to play the camp counselors. And like, it's, you know, it's like one versus 10 or something like that. And which that would be kind of cool if you were Freddy Krueger and you're hunting down teenagers, you know, through, you know, the underground, like under the school, like a maze of the. Uh, the boiler room and stuff like that. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah, I'd play it. Why not have a game where you have Freddy and Jason and you get to go after teenagers? I would play the hell out of that. I mean, it wouldn't have to be, it wouldn't be hard for it to be better than the movie. Yeah, for real. I know, that movie kind of sucked. <laughs> there were some fun parts of it. But yeah. Overall, it was like, uh, it felt more like a comedy than a horror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what could have been? Yeah. But, um, I mean, to get back to this game, it's pretty simple. It's a side scrolling, you know, beat em up, but it's got some really cool elements to it. It's got good music. The graphics aren't stellar, but they're, they're pretty good for a 1990 Nintendo game. Yeah. They, it could have been a lot worse. I was expecting a lot worse. I was expecting Fester's Quest level of uh, crap, crapidity. <laughs> or what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not just mediocrity. Like, what's worse than mediocrity? Just absolute dog crap. Failure. Failure. Yeah, like, I was just expecting a steaming pile of dog crap. And what I got was a pretty decent side-scroller with that... It's got great atmosphere. I like the music. It set the mood. It put me in a spooky Halloween mood. So for that, I'll give this a solid 7. This is a good C. C, C plus of a game. I think you inadvertently figured out your uh, strategy for upcoming reviews. Just expect every game to be as bad as Fester's Quest. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never be disappointed. Honestly, I do want to do Jaws here soon. Which, that is a very controversial game as well. It's an LJN game. I think it might have been developed by Rare as well. But there's a lot of people um, in the retro gaming groups that I'm in, like on Twitter and stuff, that there's a lot of people out there who claim that Jaws is their favorite NES game. And it's better than people give it credit for. So, I'm going to give it a try here soon. That's a pretty bold claim. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the list of rare games. Uh, uh, Seam Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Battletoads Double Dragon, Beetlejuice. I do not see Jaws on here. here. God, they made so many games in the 90s. And in the 80s, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Jaws video They made game. the WrestleMania game? I think they did, yeah. That game's not great. <laughs> uh, this was... No, uh, Jaws was developed by Atlas Weststone. Or West One, whatever. However you pronounce that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, both of those developers are Japanese developers. And then okay. published by LJN. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll uh, I'll give Jaws a try here soon. And um, we'll see how that goes. But as far as... here, As far as the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street games, Nightmare on Elm Street is great. I enjoyed it. It's very good. Friday the 13th, there was a good game in there. Just... Not, not you know, pulled off correctly. But other than that, I like both of those games. That's cool. That that makes me happy to hear. Because, like I said, I I really like Nightmare on Elm Street, so I'm glad it got a uh, a justifiable adaptation. Yep. So I mean, I I know people were expecting me to to crap all over it, but honestly, it was a pretty competent. Side scroller. I enjoyed it. Sweet. And uh, if I were you, I'd go play it a little bit. It might put you in the Halloween mood, like okay. it did me. Yeah, because I've uh, I'm going to a Halloween party on Saturday, so cool. Maybe I'll uh, find a find a ROM of it and give it a try sometime this week. Awesome. Uh, well, that's gonna bring us to the end of this episode, Derek. What is going on with the Derek Diamond experience? So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm on, like, the best run of guests that I've had in a long, long time. Um, this week, I get to chat with Phil Moore, who is a uh, actor, writer, and producer, but he's most notably known for hosting uh, one of my favorite game shows of all time, Nick Arcade, uh, mm. in the early 90s. And uh, he told some great stories, and he was exactly what I was hoping he would be. He was very personable, very easy to talk to. I knew within like three seconds of us talking that it was going to be great. So a really fun chat. You can check that out over at uh, linktree.com slash D diamond podcast. And uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, uh, please leave a review for the show. I've been getting a couple um, over the last couple of weeks, but can always use more, uh, whether it's Spotify or Apple podcast, uh, wherever you go, it only takes a minute and doesn't cost anything. Yeah, I didn't get to listen to it today. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. It's really fun. I I, I really liked it. Uh, and for the Open Micers podcast, last week we talked with comedian Andrew Rudick, and it was one of the funniest conversations that we've had. Uh, we just these guests we've been having have just uh, are just been awesome the last couple of months. So go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter. And Instagram, and also want to let everybody know. Every, let everybody know if you're listening to this on the Spotify feed, the last two episodes are back up there. So if you missed those, you get this episode, and you're like, "Man, 
these guys haven't been here for a while. It's because the last like three three weeks we weren't on Spotify. Spotify for podcasters did not want us to leave. They made a whole new thing. It, it was it was a mess trying to get all that straightened out. So now the 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 original Spotify feed is back up and running the way it should be. So if you're, if you're listening on Spotify, we're back, baby, right here where where you left us. And if you missed it, then you can do a little binging. Yeah, so now you got like three episodes to go back and listen to. You get the last two episodes and the Ahsoka podcast to go back and listen to. Yep. So I th- I think that's about going to do it for this week. What do you think? What do you think? I think so. Let me play our music here. Let me turn it up a little bit. And if you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Retro is our newly updated link tree that has uh, all of our social media stuff on there, our Patreon, our merch shop, ways to pay us with PayPal and Cash App. If you don't want to be a patron, but you're like, I want to throw them a buck, go do it on PayPal or Cash App. We take it and we will thank you. And if you want to buy some merch, you can go to ncrmerch.com and that gets you some t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. And also, please leave us a review and or a five-star rating everywhere you listen to the show because it helps get us in front of more people and that means a bigger audience and you know fun for all of you guys. So please do that. Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. <laughs> Welcome to Prop to Hard Bitch. <laughs> oh man, I forgot to get a Freddy thing for the end, so I'm just gonna play this. You look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Hey Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. 